God's word is his weapon for revival and transformation of lives for his glory. Prepare your heart as you receive the word of God coming to you from Calvary Way Revival Labels. For inquiries and counsel, you can send an email to calvarywayrevivallabels at gmail.com or call 08065607999. God bless you as you listen and obey. special moment of encounter because the Lord specially gave us an instruction to hold this moment of encounter today with a specific teaching he has for us he has planned to encounter us in a particular dimension and I would like every one of us that is here and those who are joining us online to expect powerfully from him what he will do in your life today the bible said that the word of god is living and powerful the word of god is going to come to you with the life of god this evening and there shall be testimonies of encounter of transformation in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, what God will be talking to us about this evening, uh, even though it is going to be helpful to every member of the body of Christ, but I want to say that it is specifically um, going to be very helpful to all of us that are part of this team, Calvary Way Revival Labels. Anybody in the body of Christ can benefit from the teaching, but specifically for us. That's why it's also special uh, how it came about. Just a little preamble. I was in a personal set apart last week. I went just to seek God for a particular purpose and by the last morning of that set apart the Lord wake me up and begin to speak to me concerning our you know special projects that we are trusting God for and he asked me to give this teaching as a way of preparing our hearts to be able to cooperate with him in what he has determined to do in this time. Those of us who know God, you will know that when God has determined in his counsel to do something, the best thing that can happen to any man is to cooperate with him. Because if you don't cooperate with him, what God has determined shall be done. And whether you cooperated with him or not, it shall be done. And then those who cooperated with him will stand the chance of being blessed. And those who didn't cooperate with him will begin to regret. So God has determined to do something in this time. And, you know, some of us, maybe what God is going to be teaching us this evening we form a very strong preparation of our hearts to fully cooperate with him in what he has um, determined to do. 
and you know maybe i will i may need to mention some background um, history some of us are not aware when we began to talk about a tent of mercy um land project another a building project around it where we can be using for our uh, christian leadership and discipleship uh, retreats and other mldt trainings uh, some of us don't really knew when all of this started it was by the uh, towards the end of 2018 when i went for personal set apart in that december period you know within that seven days that god came powerfully on that mountain and spoke to me and said it is time and that was when that name came tent of mercy and i shared it with the national abiaras during the national abiaras retreat of that 2019 january and i sang to them the song that god gave us you know gave me concerning that project he said don't ask how it's going to be done don't ask what will happen he said the lord of hosts will do it in Hebrew, the song says jehovah kusunile kenda gemea achukwa la mumbo gemea achukwa la mukosemea jehovah kusunile kenda gemea
for it. And, you know, he took up that burden and he encouraged me and we begin to work towards doing something about that. And eventually, we decided to set up a special project committee towards that um, project. And I really want to appreciate those of them that are in that, uh, we call them financial albiaras. They have labored in several ways, had several meetings, and recently they prayed and prayed and prayed for about maybe, I don't know how many days, but I know that there was a period they were praying together. And I don't know. I believe that maybe in response to their prayer, God must have spoken to me and woken me up that morning for this message that we are about to share today. So I would like you to, you know, really flow with us. That's why I'm taking time to give the preamble so that we'll understand where and how God is coming for this evening. Praise the Lord. So the topic we are looking at says sacrificial giving for God's work. Can we all say it? Sacrificial giving for God's work. Now, there are two ways every believer should give for the advancement of the kingdom of God. Number one, giving to support the workers that are working in the vineyard. Then number two, giving to support the very work of God itself. Now, we are not looking at giving to support the workers today. If God permits us, it shall be a topic for another day. But today he is concentrating on giving to support his own work. And so when we say sacrificial giving for God's work, the word sacrificial has to do with sacrifice. And there are few things God spoke to us in the National Abiyaras Retreat in the, uh, January this year, 2021, 7th to 10th of January 2021. It gave us three ways we must contend for kingdom advance in this year, 2021. He said we must contend for the kingdom advancement by sacrifice, number one. And we must contend for kingdom advancement by spiritual authority. And we must contend for the kingdom advancement by influence. Now, there are a few things that he spoke to us about sacrifice, which I just want to maybe run through for the sake of those of us who were not in that uh, meeting or those who have not been opportune to know these things about sacrifice. What is sacrifice? Sacrifice is offering what you love so that you will get what you love far more. Sacrifice is dying to live, being foolish so that you will be wise. It is going down so that you can gather the momentum to rise up. Sacrifice is losing so that you can gain. Sacrifice is the greatest weapon for winning every battle of life. Every battle in ministry can only be won by sacrifice. All the great achievements and accomplishments you've known or you will ever know, whether in the secular or in the kingdom of God, they are all by sacrifices. If you are not ready for great sacrifices, 
then you are not ready for greatness. For there is no greatness without great sacrifices. If people succeed, they only succeed because there is a sacrifice or sacrifices. There are sacrifices somewhere. So sometimes when you see somebody who seems to succeed without much sacrifice, it is because someone else has sacrificed on his behalf. And sometimes if you are sacrificing much without seeing much results, the truth is that somebody somewhere is going to succeed because of your sacrifices. So we can say that sacrifices are not wasted and can never be wasted. It moves from generation to generation. A father can sacrifice to God and the children and children children will begin to enjoy the sacrifices. You can give to God's work and you know giving sacrificially and your children, 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 you know, in eternity, you will keep on reaping the harvest of that sacrifice. Now, if you don't sacrifice in order to achieve something you need, then you have sacrificed that thing you need because you must sacrifice before you achieve. If you are not ready to sacrifice to accomplish a goal, then you have sacrificed the goal. You have said, I don't want to achieve that goal. When you sacrifice for others, you have made a way for a very fast success, a, 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 a very fast success of your own um, life. Sacrifice is a powerful spirit. And until you are possessed by the spirit of sacrifice, you will never achieve your dreams or your goals in life. I need to repeat this. Sacrifice is a powerful spirit. And until a man is possessed by the spirit of sacrifice, that man may never be able to achieve his goals or his dreams in life. He will just keep saying, I wish I am this. I wish I am that. But he will never get there. Amen. Sacrifice is about taking the necessary risk to achieve a breakthrough. There is a king. They call him the king of Moab. They were fighting with the uh, king of Israel. And God has already given a word that Israel is going to you know, win the battle. And Israel was winning the battle. You see that in um, 2 Kings chapter, I think chapter 6 or so. 2 Kings chapter 3 from verse 15 to 27. Israel was already winning the battle. And then they tried all they could to win the battle. They couldn't win. The man picked up his first son that should have reigned in his stead and killed, sacrificed him to his gods, to his own gods, not to, to, to God of heaven. And the Bible said, indignation, anger rose from nowhere against the children of Israel. And they have to turn back. The man has to break through. He break forth by the reason of the sacrifice that he made. What is the meaning of that? That whether it is a negative sacrifice or a positive sacrifice, sacrifice has a voice in the spirit realm. And the more and the higher and the more painful the sacrifice, the louder the voice. And that man broke through because of the bleeding sacrifice that he has made. So we said, if you are ready to break through or break forth, you must be ready 
to sacrifice. Now, sometimes you need to understand that the altar where the sacrifice is laid has a lot to say also about the sacrifice. If the sacrifice is on a negative altar, you know, or even the positive altars differ in strength. So when you put your sacrifice on a wrong altar, let's say you are a Christian, you go and put your sacrifice on an altar that is not related to Christ, you may not get any results. But if an unbeliever go to Satan and sacrifice, he may get some powers. Are you getting that? But we Christians, we must be careful where we are laying our sacrifices if we want results. Our sacrifice must be laid on the correct altar before God. Something must go for something to come. A corn of wheat must fall into the ground, says Jesus. In John 12, verse 24. He must go into the ground and die before it can bring forth abundant fruit. The Son of Man must be lifted up from the earth before he can draw all men to himself. That's John 12, 32. Sacrifice is burning something that seems glorious. Burning something that seems glorious so that you can get something that is far more glorious. Sacrifice has to do with, you know, saying bye-bye to the good so that the best can come. Be ready, ever ready to sacrifice your time, your life, your strength, your money, everything within you, everything that God has given to you, everything that God will give to you for the advancement of his kingdom. When you do so, you will know that God values and blesses sacrifices. Leaders are known for their sacrifices and a man's level of leadership is defined by the extent of his sacrifices. This is a challenge to our leaders. For the leadership of a leader to continue and to keep growing, that leader must be ready to move from one level of sacrifice for the people to another until he has eventually sacrificed his own life. That is Jesus for you. He moved from one level of sacrifice to the other until he sacrificed his life. At any point in time, a leader is not willing to sacrifice again. That is the point his leadership will end. The foundation of our Christianity is laid on sacrifice. God so loved the world that he sacrificed his only begotten son. Hence, no one can ever be a true Christian unless he is ever ready to sacrifice. A sacrifice that does not pain the one that is sacrificing is not a sacrifice. The word sacrifice denotes that you must be pained as you give up something. You must be pained. And the level of pain you experience as you sacrifice is the strength of the sacrifice. There is a difference between generous giving and sacrificial giving. A man that has one million naira can give hundred thousand naira. That is a generous giving. He may not experience much pain because he still has nine hundred thousand. But when a man that has one million naira give out nine hundred thousand 
90,000 out of the 1 million naira and he's going home with his transport money 10,000 that is when you can call that giving what? sacrificial giving sometimes it has to do with giving everything sometimes it has to do with emptying the whole account unto him sacrificial giving and today we are looking at you know sacrificial giving for the work of god now god wants us to discuss this because unless we are ready to give sacrificially towards the work of god the truth is that the work of god in our time will suffer loss that's just the truth now there are 12 reasons why every believer must be ever ready to give sacrificially for God's work. How many reasons? Twelve. There are more than twelve, but I have to compact some into one. There are two or three I have to combine into one so that we can just handle twelve as a number. Twelve reasons. And I want you to pay a very serious attention at this point. Because if you don't know why you should do something, you will find it difficult to do it. When they are asking you to give sacrificially, you'll be saying, but, you know, you will have your own reasons why you will not give sacrificially. But I noticed something that in our kingdom, light is a serious, you know, you know commodity, very powerful commodity. Because the devil takes advantage of any darkness in the life of a believer to manipulate and to oppress that believer. What is darkness? When you are ignorant of what you are supposed to know in any area of Christian life, the devil will use that your ignorance to manipulate your spiritual life, your physical life, your financial life in that particular aspect. That is why we don't know, we don't have to know things, you know, haphazard. We must be detailed. We must have a complete knowledge. When you say you, you, you are knowing sacrificial giving, you must know everything about sacrificial sacrificial giving. You don't just say, I know sacrificial giving. Maybe you only know six reasons why you should give sacrificially. Or you only know three reasons why you should give sacrificially. When there are nine other ones that are remaining, then the devil will take advantage of that nine reasons you don't know to keep you down from inheriting that which God wants you to inherit. That was why the Bible, Paul said to the people of the efficient elders in Acts 20, he said, I commend you to the word of God. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Because this word is able to do what? To sanctify you and give you inheritance among those who are sanctified. Now, how does the word of God give people inheritance? When you have a complete knowledge of the truth, the truth is not yet the truth until it is 100% truth. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. If you know half truth, you have not known the truth. Because 99% of the truth is still not the truth. That's why I want you to pay powerful attention this evening on these 12 reasons why we must be ever ready to give sacrificially towards the work of God. Are you ready? Let's go. Number one. Giving sacrificially for God's work is the talking of our submission to his lordship over our life and the token of our discipleship commitment to him. 
you know, I have to combine two in one here. First of all, look at it. If we say that we have received Christ into our life as our Lord, what do we mean by that? That Jesus is the owner of our life. Lord means owner. The one that is in charge. The one that is the decision maker. The one that is, in fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19 and 20 says, What? Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? He said, do not be deceived. You are not your own. You are not your own. For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. That is to say, he has bought us. He paid for our life by his own precious blood. So he is the Lord. The Bible says, God has made him Lord. He has given him a, a name above every other name. That at the mention of the name Jesus, every name must pass. So, by the reason of his death and resurrection, God has ordained him to be our Lord. And not just that, he has paid for us. And so when I said that, you know, in the olden days, people normally buy human beings as slaves, isn't it? When you buy somebody, and the person is making money. Who is the owner of the money? You are the one that owns the, the money. That's what because the person you bought is your property. If he has bought us, we are his properties. And so, whatever that we have as money that enters our hand, any kind of resources that enters our hand belongs to him. So when we give sacrificially towards his work. What we are declaring is that we are saying to him, Lord, I realize that you are actually the owner of my life and the owner of everything that I have. Amen. And then when you say it's the token of our discipleship. Now listen, we have passed through you know, um, some of us incubation school in discipleship and you know, one of the things that we are taught at that foundation level is the condition that makes you a disciple of Christ. One of the conditions that Jesus placed before anybody that will be his disciple is that you must forsake all. You see that in Luke chapter 14 verse 33. He said, if anyone does not forsake all he has, he cannot be my disciple. If anyone does not forsake all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. One man said, I, I, I want to have eternal life. Say, you need only one thing. In Mark 10, verse 21, he said, you need only one thing. Go and sell all that you have. That is to say, you are ready to do with what you have, all of them, whatever he wants you to do with them. That's when you ask. He can say, yes, you, you are my disciple. So, you are not a disciple yet. If you have not forsaken all that you have, if he is not the owner, the person in charge of what you have. So, for you to, to, to prove that you are a disciple of him, you must be ready to forsake all. It's a token of our discipleship. It's a token of our lordship. That's number one. Now, number two says, giving sacrificially for God's work is the token of our love for him and his work. 
there is no there is no love that doesn't have giving people can give without love but when there is genuine love one of the evidences or pieces of evidence for genuine love is giving the bible says god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son god so loved the world that he gave look at it so loved the world so loved so that's so he's talking about the extent the degree of his love that made him to release his only begotten son that is actually a sacrificial giving and when he gave his only begotten son according to romans chapter 8 verse 32 that verse said that that gift of his only begotten son is the token the token that he will give us all things he said he that did not spare his only son but gave him up for us all how shall he not with him freely give us how many things all things so when he gave his only begotten son he has declared his readiness to give us all things are you getting that so is a token that gift is a token of giving us everything that's why we said if there is a genuine love for god in your heart you don't need anybody to push you to give you will sincerely give for the work of god now you know that god asked abraham we'll keep on referring to that scripture in genesis chapter 22 to take your only son whom you love and go and sacrifice him on the mountain take your only son whom you love so as if god is saying you love your only son but let me test your love for me in comparison with your love for him and abraham proved to god that i love you more than i love this boy that is to say when you give that money to god's work what you are saying to god is that i love you oh god more than i love this money you know they say love of money is what the root of all evil but how do you know that you love money when you find it difficult to give it up so when you say you know jesus said that a no man can serve two masters why the simple reason is that he will either love one or hate the other and when he loves one he will be more devoted to that one than to the other so there is isaac before you and there is god before you and god said if you love me take this isaac and give it up for me are, are you getting it you say you love god and then you have five hundred thousand naira in your account maybe you have saved it for six months and god said you say you love me carry this five hundred thousand naira give it to my work is the same thing that he told abraham eh? that he's asking you to do but your own is less serious than abraham's own am i correct much much less in the old testament when there is no speaking in tongues no grace no holy ghost in people abraham was able to prove to god that i love you more than i love this thing that i seem to love what will you do with god giving sacrificially to god's work and when we are talking about giving i know we can give our strength our time and all of that but particularly god is talking about our resources in this message 
he has to be sharp enough so that you will be your mind will be focused to know exactly what he's talking about. We give our time, we give our resources, but particularly and peculiarly for this particular message, he is focusing on our what? Our resources, our money, that which has entered into our hand. And you can see that when God was asking Abraham to give up Isaac, it was actually a test to know whether he will show his love for him more than that. And some of us, when you hear that kind of thing, give up everything, empty your account for God's work, and all of that. You know, that's why I say God has to separate giving sacrificially for God's work and giving sacrificially for God's workers. Because sometimes when a God's worker is teaching something like this and say, empty your account. It seems as if you are emptying an account and transferring it to his own. So, people will literally see it as this man is greedy, that kind of thing. But the truth is that, you know, if it is not to any man's account, but to God's work, you should be able to understand that God is testing, trying to prove your love for him. So, when you give sacrificially, you are showing God that I love you more than that which I am sacrificing. Or which you have asked me to sacrifice. Amen. Now, number three. N- number three reason why we must give sacrificially for God's work is that giving sacrificially for God's work shows that we understand that everything we have was received from God. And I will ask us to read a scripture on this. Turn your Bibles to First Chronicles chapter 29. That's where David, when he realized that he is not going to build the temple, then he decided to prepare for Solomon by giving sacrificially and you know asking others to give. First Chronicles chapter 29. I would like us to read from verse 1. Let's just read few things from there. Okay, from verse 10. Now, there is a verse that touched me that, on that scripture. Um, Maybe we are still going to read that. But for now, let's read from verse 10. Wherefore, David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness. Take note of that. That greatness belongs to you, O God. And the majesty. Why? For all that is in heaven and in earth is what? Is yours. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord. And thou art exalted as head above all. Verse 12. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all, and in thy hand is power and might, and in thy hand it is to make great, and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. Verse 14. But who am I, and what is my people, that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? Now look at it. Let's read the next verse if you are following me in King James. He said, For all things come of thee. Are you seeing that? And of thy own have we what? Given thee. 
Do you see that? David was able to realize that everything that he has belongs to God. And it is from what God has given to him that he has what? He has given back to God. So whatever God is asking you to give, excuse me brother, sister, it is actually what belongs to him that he has given to you. And he's asking you to give. You know, when we are children, you notice that there is something you do. You give a child uh, something, and then you turn back and ask the child, please, can you give me what I gave you? You notice that the child will, will withdraw that thing. But it is you that gave it to him. So it's an attitude of a child. Because he doesn't have understanding. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, 20, in malice be children, but in understanding be men. So, when people don't have understanding that all that is in heaven, all that is in the earth, all that I have in my pocket, in my bank account, all that I have in the investment form, all that I have in, you know, business form, and all of that, they all belong to him. And then when God says, give me that which belongs to me, it will be difficult for you to give if you don't understand. But those that have understanding, they are men. Then, you know, it shows that you are not yet matured. You are a spiritual baby. When you don't have that understanding. May God help us in Jesus' name. So everything that God has given to us, you know, everything that we have all belong to him. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7, he said, What do you have that you did not receive? What did you have that you did not receive? Do you know that when we were born into this world, we were born with a body that we received. We didn't have cloth. We didn't have cars. We didn't have laptop. We didn't have food. We didn't have any money at all. So everything you have now, from the time you were born, somebody has given you life, kept you alive. Somebody has preserved you from accidents and all those troubles and problems. Everything you are and you have is from him. That revelation should make you to understand that anytime God is saying, give sacrificially to my work, you should be ready with joy. David said, we are, we, are, we are privileged that you have given us the willing heart to give. That's understanding. Number four, fourth reason why you must be ready to give sacrificially for the work of God. He says, giving sacrificially for God's work validates our wisdom and obedience to the Lord's instruction to lay up our treasures in heaven. In, Luke, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 20, Jesus was instructing the disciples. He said, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on the earth. Where moth, uh, rust, and thieves break in and they steal. He said, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. We are neither moth nor rust doth corrupt. And we are thieves do not break through nor steal. Verse 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You know, we said it validates your wisdom and your obedience to this instruction. Is an instruction from Jesus to everyone that is called a disciple. He said, do not lay up for yourself 
treasures on the earth. That is to say, do not ever in your lifetime as my disciple store up money for yourself. If you have any reason to save or to invest or you open a savings account or you invest into a business or you do anything at all for money's sake, let it be for the kingdom. Lay up for yourself treasure in heaven. How do you lay up for yourself treasure in heaven? One of the ways that you lay up for yourself treasures in heaven is by giving sacrificially towards God's work. There's one thing about giving. Our giving for God's work will be rewarded twice. The first reward is going to happen in time. The second reward is going to happen in eternity. The first reward is going to be as a result of blessings that follows giving and sacrifice on this earth. Why the second reward is going to be whenever you are giving, you are sending your resources to heaven. What do you understand when Jesus says, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven? He is asking them to take a particular action. What, what is that action? When you carry your money, for example, we say we want to buy a land where we are going to build a retreat center. And you carry your money and give and say, I give this for this kingdom advancement project. Or we want to go for mission work or for evangelism and we say we needed money, we needed boss, we needed this. And you bring out your money and give and say, this is for this. You have sent that treasure to heaven. And when we are through with this life, you will have that reward. Those who did not send such, they will not be rewarded. That's why I said our giving will be rewarded twice. Both in time and in eternity. So, if you are wise, you listen and obey this powerful instruction from our master Jesus to lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Now, you know, one of the reasons why, there are two reasons why he was asking us not to do this. Not to lay our treasures on the earth. Number one, he said that there are three things that attacks every treasure that is laid on the earth. One of them is moth. Moth is talking about, you know, things that comes up and eat up your money. For example, when you carry your money and invest in MMM, eh? you know the way they do? You invest the first one, they will give you money. Second one, they give you money. Third one, you will notice that they will come out with their moth, moth eating mouth and swallow everything that you have invested. Now, you know, when we talk about sacrificial giving, somebody was sharing with me, said, God asked him to give everything they have. And when they were giving, he said, he and his wife were crying. Because the wife was just about to deliver. And there is no money. They have not even, buy, they have not even bought something they are going to use to um, the baby's uh, items. And the delivery date has reached. And then they have not paid their house rent. The landlord is on their neck. And then, you know, God said, today, carry everything you have. He said, they were giving, they were crying. I asked him, why are you people crying? If you are investing that money in MMM, will you be crying? You are only crying because you, you, you don't believe that this is an investment. You, you, you believe that this, this one is an investment that you can see. But look at what even the one you are calling investment is doing to you. 
Eh? Somebody was sharing with me recently. He said he was investing in cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency. And then was about to try to pull his money from crypto. And then the next thing is that CBN locked crypto account. And all the money that, you know, he would have... I said, what is the situation of thing now? He said, nobody knows. Nobody knows. And I know that some of us that are looking at me or listening to me, you are part of the victim. Because you will carry the treasure. You save, save, save. You carry the thing and you invest on the earth. And moths will come and eat it up. I stopped that years ago. You know, there was a time they say she has, she has, she has, she has. That time, when you go to church, fellowship, they are preaching shares. If you go to the work, shares everywhere. So I now say, let me try and invest in shares. I carry 100,000 naira and put in shares. Then I started having trouble. Where your treasure is, that is where your heart is. That's the second reason. That's the second reason. You wake up in the middle of the night. Instead of you to begin to worship God, the first place that you will remember is your 100,000 naira. You know, has the thing gone up or gone down? Because your heart is there. He said, because you have put your treasure there, your heart has gone there. And so, before you know it, I noticed that that money kept going down, going down, going down, going down, going down. And I have to rush to bring the thing out. When I brought it out, it was only 60,000 naira. Moth has eaten how many now? 40,000. Eaten by moth. Ah, it was so painful. In fact, I was watching that particular shares I bought. I noticed that at the time they entered into negative. You know, some shares entered negative that time. That negative means that you are now owing them. <laughs> you don't understand. You brought 100,000 naira to make gain, and then they grew and entered negative. It means you are now owing them. I, I can't remember whether it's that one I saw or some other ones because you, you keep checking the newspaper to see. You notice that some are now a minus. Moth. Some of us, you will never learn. They will ask you, put, put, put. You go and put. Put, you go and put. You know, check every business you are investing. Check whether it is for the kingdom or for yourself. So let me put money doublers. Then moth will eat it up. That's moth. Then rust. Rust is when you put the thing in savings account. Rust is inflation. A banker was telling me that inflation percent of Nigerian Naira in Nigeria is 17.5% in one year. That is to say, if you put 1 million naira in January in your bank account, by December, that money has depreciated just say 17.5% of 1 million naira is what you are going to have by December. The value of that money. That's Nigerian, you know. That, so that is to say, if a bank is giving you a loan and they are charging you interest less than 17.5, the bank is losing. That's why the interest of bank is so high. They have to make it 21 point something. Because if they make it anything less than 17 or 17, they will not have any gain. Are, are you getting it? That is rust. You keep it in one place. You say you are, you are saving for yourself. Do not lay up treasure for yourself. When you keep it there, the thing will be there. Going down. Rusting. Depreciating. What is rust? Pack a car somewhere. Don't use it for two years. When you want to use it again, you notice that it's no longer the same car you packed. Rust. And then try explain thieves to you. You don't know who thieves are. <laughs> I'm talking to you in particular. They will come into your house in the middle of the night. Carry your gem. Carry your phone. As if they use, you know, um, what do you call it? Sham to cause sleep. 
you know, there's a yard where they stole something the night. And then I was talking with uh, one of the members of the yard. He said he didn't know what happened to him that night. That before he, he, he knew that he's in this world, it was after five. Thieves. They use all manner of things to come and steal. They break ATM. They, they can steal anything. They can empty people's accounts. One of our sisters said they called him. They say he's from Access Bank. And before you know it, she was just watching, rushing to the bank. Before she reached the bank, the alert was just going small, small until almost 500,000 naira that was in the account was cleared up. The same thing with so many of us have had that same experience. Thieves! If you are careless and fall into their hand, they will clear your account without, you know, apology. Jesus said, don't lay up your treasures on the earth. If you are wise, let every treasure you have be kingdom invested. Give to the work of God. Give sacrificially to him that has sacrificed for you. So we said, if you give sacrificially, it validates that you are wise. And you are obedient to the instruction of the master. That's number four. I have to separate it because number five is talking about the same, uh, the second reason. He said, giving sacrificially to God's work is one way we keep our hearts on the work and show that we are serving God with all our hearts. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart shall be. Some years ago, we are discussing this particular verse in a Bible study. And then one brother said, uh, what you should do is put your treasure there and make sure that you don't allow your heart to get, go there. I said, brother, stop misinterpreting the Bible. Jesus said, once your treasure is there, your heart is what? There. Let me give you an example. You have one million naira. And then when we say, we need to give in Calvary way, we want to buy seats, we want to buy uh, gospel equipment, we want to buy uh, land, we want to buy this for the kingdom advancement. And then you carry 50,000 naira, or let's say 50,000 is even much for some of you. You carry uh, 10,000. You know, I was watching the giving that some of us are giving to us, you know, 15 million naira projects. You know, I, I, I know that some people, that's what they have anyway. But I know that some people, that's not what they have. Even they themselves, they know. Now, you carry 10,000 naira out of 1 million naira and give. And then you now carry 990,000 naira and put in one investment on the earth for yourself or in savings account for yourself. Let me ask you, where, where, where is your treasure now? In 10,000 or in 990,000? Your heart is not on, on the work. Your heart is where your treasure is. You may say, Lord, take my heart and let it be. God, the Bible says God is not mocked. Do not be deceived. God is not a dog. Puppet. Eh? You can play with. You are saying, take my heart. When you have you yourself has carried your heart and say, the heart you are looking for is not available for the moment. Please, try again later. You carry it and put somewhere. And you are saying, take my heart. Which heart will it take? I have challenged some of us. I said, your heart is not with us in Calvary Way Revival Levels. You are not here because your treasure is not here. Write it down. Write it down. I want to see you write. I am not part of this work because my heart is not here. How do I know that my heart is not here? 
My serious treasure has not come to this work. Some of us, you know, we teach, give your stewardship token, give everything, give all, give uh, this one. And then you will hear that. It will be sounding to you like a tear. It only shows that your heart is somewhere. When you want to prove to God that my heart is with you, my heart is in your work, carry your treasure, put in the work. If you understand me, let me see your hand up. Good. Now, number six. The sixth reason why we must give sacrificially for God's work is that giving sacrificially to God's work is a demonstration of our trust in God and not in uncertain riches. Our demonstration of trust in God. Let me give you a practical... Okay, before I give you an example, let's read... um, a scripture, First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 to 19. Please turn your Bibles quickly to First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 to 19. If you are not there, please meet me there um, because of time. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God that is, they should not trust in uncertain riches, but they should trust in who? In the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. So, he is the one that gave you everything. So, don't put your trust in the gift and leaving the giver alone. No. That they do good. That they be rich in good works. Ready to distribute Willing to communicate. Now verse 19. Laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come. That they may lay hold on what? Eternal life. Look at this powerful scripture. I'm not sure that some of us have meditated on this scripture. That is to say, you have two things that are asking you to trust me. Trust me at every point in time. Trust me. Let me give you an example. Come. Sorry. Come. As we are now, assuming I am God and I gave you 5,000, take 5,000. What am I giving this brother? 5,000. Then I now ask him, give me this 5,000. What am I asking him? Sacrificial giving or generous giving? If it is generous giving, he will take 50 naira and dance a dance of 500 naira and give offering on Sunday. That's generous. It will not touch him. But sacrificialist, I'm asking him, this whole thing I gave you, give it back to me. Now, when I ask him to give him back to me, you know what he will begin to think? He said, ah, this 5,000 naira can cook food for me three days. He can at least uh, buy me soap for washing uh, clothes and all of that. He will calculate all that the money can do. The ability of the money. You know, that money has ability. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you trust in God, you are trusting in God because God has integrity and ability. Eh? He has the power to do all things. When he says he will do something, he will do it. That's why we trust him. Now look at this money. This money has integrity. You know integrity of the money? You are holding it. You are holding it so it has integrity. Then what is the ability? This thing can solve a problem. It can buy something. Then God is now asking Now you are going to demonstrate who you are trusting now. By the way you are going to handle this instruction. If you carry this 5,000 naira and give to God 
and say, God, you need this 5,000, even though you are the one that gave it to me, and I know that this 5,000 can do something. I give it back to you. What you are saying to God is that, God, I know that this 5,000 has ability, but I know that you can do more than it. So I trust you, not this 5,000. Are you getting that? Now, but when you say, I beg, I don't understand how I will give everything to God. What you are saying is, God, I don't trust you. Eh? Let me take this one I can see in camp flyer, the one that I can touch, that has integrity, that has ability, the one I can see. Then you hold it, and then you begin to use it to do small, small things. After five days, what happened to the 5,000? It will finish. You will enter into poverty. That's why Christians are poor. Christians are suffering lack. The reason is because we have failed to trust in the living God who giveth us how many things? All things richly, not poorly, not, you know, averagely, richly to enjoy. When you want to experience enjoyment of what God can give, the wealth of God, you must learn not to trust in that which you are holding. Give it up sacrificially and you will demonstrate to God that I trust you, not in this money. Do you understand? That was the problem of the rich fool, the, the rich man. Jesus said, go and sell everything you have. Give to the poor. The man was calculating that this money he has can solve a problem for him. So the money is a, is a kind of security for him. So he was like, how can I give it up? But he didn't know that God can give him seven times more than that thing that he has currently. If he know that and believe that, you know, a brother told me that that brother I talked about, he said, when they gave that money, I'm coming to that. One other, one other thing that spiritual giving does. He said, God spoke and said, from today, mark today, from today, I have opened the door of financial breakthrough to you. And he said, from that moment, from that moment, he became something else. The money. You don't play with God. God is not a joker, he's real. Thank you, you can go back. Amen. If you are still with me, let me see you up. What's number one? Number what are we now? We, are, we, are num- we have shared number six. Let's look at number seven. Number seven says, giving sacrificially to God's work is one way we show our faithfulness in financial stewardship. Faithfulness in financial stewardship. Thereby, Qualified to be trusted by God to manage his true riches. In Luke 19, Jesus said, in Luke 16, from verse 1 to 12, Jesus gave a parable of the unfaithful steward. And he, he was trying to teach the disciples how they are supposed to use money. I don't have time to go into the exposition of that passage of the parable. But the lesson from that particular parable in verse 9, he said, what I am teaching you from this parable is that you people should learn to use your money, the money, the unrighteous mammon you have now, to win souls for the kingdom. So that when you die, the souls you have won in heaven will welcome you when the saints will be received into their everlasting habitations. I don't have time to go into that exposition. But he now began to give instructions. He said that if you are not faithful in unrighteous mammon who will give you the true riches so what are the true riches true riches are the things eh, that buys money 
Money, buy share. Buy Bible. Buy big. Buy food. When God gives you true riches, true riches will buy money. That will buy. You are not getting the Bible. Money is a false rich, false rich because when you are holding it, eh, the moment your money enters your hand, everything it will buy will come with a list. In fact, if they increase your salary from what are they paying you currently? <laughs> Sorry, sir, I'm not embarrassing you. Okay, assuming that they are paying you fifty thousand naira currently, and now they now increase your salary to one fifty, you will notice that. That day that the money entered, the list that the money will, things will, will just land. And suddenly you will see yourself saying, Hi, I wish that this thing is 250. Oh. Ha, God, you tried, but you should have done made this thing to 250. Now you tried. That's money. It makes you ungrateful. It makes you, because, you know, it's, it's false. It will enter your hand now. You think it's your own. Before you know it, it will enter another person's hand. Any money in your hand is telling you, if you want it to be useful to you, I must leave now. That's, that's false rich. But true riches will buy money and still remain with you. Anointing is a rich, true rich. Grace, wisdom. Eh? The, the, the word of God as light in you is a true rich. It will move out, draw money. When I, when I pray for a sick person and the sick person gets healed, you know that something will compare that sick person to give me something. Nehemiah, you know Nehemiah? When Nehemiah was healed of Elisha, what did he do? Eh? He returned back and said, Man of God, take money. Man of God said, I'm not taking money. Go, I'm okay. Are you getting it? So that anointing, that power is still with Elisha. But it has gone somewhere. And but the first reach will leave you and never want to come back. Do you understand it now? For God to trust you with the revelation of the word of God. Light! When you read, you know some of you say, I don't see anything in the Bible. Since I don't know what is happening to me. If I open the Bible in my quiet time, I don't. You will not see anything because you are not giving. You are not giving. You are not faithful. He that is faithful in unrighteous mammon. They will give you true riches, which is revelation of the word of God. They will give you power, grace, anointing, wisdom from, from above. And then with it, you can be attracting that which is false. I'm talking about unrighteous mammon now. And so you believe in it. You will not be a puppet. When you pursue money, money will run. But when you are pursuing God, money will follow after you. Do you understand number five, seven now? When you give sacrificially to God's work, you show that you are worthy of being trusted with the true riches, which God only gives to those that are faithful in financial stewardship. Amen. Number what now? Number eight. By giving sacrificially to God's work, we demonstrate that we understand God's economic and value system. What is God's value system in giving? Jesus sat by the treasury in Mark 11, Mark 12, verse 41 to 44. And as people were giving offering, the Bible said, He said, many rich people were casting out of their treasures into the. But there is one widow that gave two fadings. 
And Jesus called the attention of the disciples and said, come, 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 come. Did you see this widow? This widow has given more than every other person put together. Why? Because she gave her all. Nothing was remaining. But other people were giving out of their treasures. Now look at God's value system of our giving. God values our giving not by the quantity of what you gave, but by what is left after giving. This person gave 5,000 naira, but what is left after he's giving 5,000 naira is zero naira. This person also gave 5,000 naira, but what is left after giving 5,000 naira is what? 995,000 naira. 5,000, 5,000. Which one do you think is more valuable in God's eyes? It's not about the amount. Don't tell me that, let's say we are giving for Calvary Way land project, you say you have given uh, 50,000 naira. There could be somebody that has given 1,000 naira that has given more than you. Jesus told the disciples, this widow has given more than. So there is a measurement of who gives more by God. Do you understand? Jesus was there shaking who is giving more. He said, this widow has so. That's how God also shakes. If we say now, who has given more? We have been giving to us this uh, work and all of that. Who has given? God has the data. He has the record. He knows what you have given so far. He knows that some of us has not given Shiche. He knows. He knows those who are giving more. Not even by the amount you have given, but by what is left after giving. No wonder he gave parables. He said, the kingdom of God is like a man who discovered a treasure in the field. Then he went to go and buy the field. He sold uh, three quarters of what he has, brought the money. They said, okay, the money is not enough. Until he sold all. That's the kingdom for you. Somebody say all three times. All. 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 Amen. Number nine. Nine reasons why we must learn to give sacrificially for God's work. By giving sacrificially for God's work, we connect to the blessings of God's unchanging law of seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. In Genesis 8.22, God spoke after Noah had sacrificed you know, some animals after the flood. He said to Noah that as far as the earth remains, eh, seed time and what? Harvest will never cease. Seed time and harvest will never cease. Please listen carefully. You know that is what they call seed faith. That's what they call seed faith. And some of us as disciples, when they say seed faith, you say it's a Pentecostal jargon and all of that. It's not true. Seed faith is not a Pentecostal jargon. It's not what Wayo pastors used to uh, collect money from people. No. Seed faith is in the Bible. It's biblical. Ask me to show you. Let us go. Second Corinthians chapter 9. Turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Are you there? Now look at, I want us to start reading from verse, from verse 6. 
But this I say, he which, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also what? Sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also what? Bountifully. Verse 7. Every man according as he proposeth in his heart. So, let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. Please listen. When he was saying sowing sparingly and sowing, um, what do you think he's referring to? What is that it? Is he I, I want you to see the connection between verse 6 and verse 7. Are, are you getting it? That when he's saying he that soweth sparingly, what he is what he meant is he that giveth small. Am I correct? So giving is sowing. Is sowing a seed. When you when you give, you have sown what? A seed. That is seed faith. You are sowing that seed in faith that I will have a harvest of it. When God says seed time and harvest, what God is trying to establish is a law that will guide the world. He himself came to seed time and he carried his only begotten son and sowed as a seed. Today he has you, he has me, he has, he has. How many harvests does he have? Seed time and harvest. That's how it is. And the Bible made it so clear that when they say give, and you give small, sparingly, when the time of harvest comes, what are you going to receive? Sparingly. It, this, you know, if it is somebody else that preaches this in our time now, they say that that person is a prosperity preacher. Am I correct? They say he's a prosperity preacher. But who is the preacher here? Paul was one preaching. Say, don't ever sow sparingly, because whatever a man sows, he shall what? According to what you sow. If they say give and you carry something you know that is not useful, something that will not touch you, David said, I will not offer to God an offering that will cost me nothing. Second Timothy, uh, Second Samuel 24, 24. Second Samuel 24, 24. I don't know how you, you, you can forget that kind of quotation. Second Samuel what? 24, 24. I will not offer to God an offering that will cost me nothing. And then you carry something that will cost you anything. And you sow. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, according to that, he shall what? Reap. If you give sacrificially, you will reap bountifully. So, when you understand that God operates that principle, you will know that God is just. He's a God of justice. He said, let him that is rich to not glory in his riches. Let him that is wise, Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24, should not glory in his wisdom. He said, but let him that glory, glory that he, he knows me. He knows that I'm a God that exercises what? Righteousness, justice, and loving kindness on the earth. What is justice? What is justice? You now, we say give. Give to this project. And you didn't give. This person gave. Gave bountifully. When God is to exercise justice, you know what he's going to do? He will leave you, you will die. Let me not cause, I'm not causing you. But you will suffer 
and suffer and suffer in that your uh, poverty. But this same brother will be blessed. You know, let me tell you something. Eh? It's not a sin to be a. Bible says he gives giveth us all things richly to enjoy. That is Bible. First Timothy six verse seventeen. I'm not sure that you know that scripture before now, and I'm sure you are falling in love with it. So next time we want to enjoy, you say yes. God giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Now the truth is that He does that. I I have. I compared something some time ago and the thing touched me. I know a Christian brother that is saying to God, serving God with all his heart, but he is in system of debt. You know, system of, I'm not saying, I didn't say debt. System of debt is that if he borrows from Emeka, then after three months, Emeka will say, pay me my money. You go and borrow from Michael and pay Emeka. And then that is system. I know He's serving God, but he's not just he's a, a, a borrower. Then I know another family that they are givers. Eh? You know, when they finish cooking their powerful rice, you know, powerful stew with chicken and all of that, you eat anything you want, they will finish eating, they will come out, they say, God is good, let us sing and dance and praise him. You know, midnight prayers. I was watching them, they are doing midnight prayers. I say this God is good. The other person, are you getting what I'm talking? God is a God of justice. Say justice. As you you, he is not according to you how you gave. He is not mocked. Don't say that God is is, is unrighteous. He's not partial. What do you want? When they say give, you will be doing che, 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 and other people will be giving willingly. When the time comes in the next few years. We know the difference. We know the difference because the justice of God must what? Must manifest. Amen. So we said, give. Luke 6 38. And it shall be what? Giving is a law. Listen to that verse. The verse did not say give and God will give back to you. No, God has set up a law. It shall be. The law will work, generate a force that shall cause men to give back to your bosom. That's a law. Give and it shall be given back to you. Good measure. Press down. Shaking together. Running over. Shall men do what? Give unto your bosom. Shall men. So there is a force. How you know the law of gravity is that when you throw something up, the force of gravity will cause the thing to go down. The law of giving says when you give something, the force of receiving it shall be. We begin to walk and compel men. Compel men. We begin to seek to give. It's a law. These are the things that we have experienced over the years. I remember months God will say, carry everything, all the salary, everything, carry, don't touch one naira. And before you know it, people that have never given before. I remember one, one made, I shouted, a sister that I met years ago. And she just called and said, hey, I just remembered you. I've married now. Me and my husband, we are in Gombe. And all of that. And I just remembered you. I told my mother that I'm owing brochet. I, I, he, she he affected her life. Say, please send your account number. It's like a joke. It shall be. They, think, they will not sleep oh, because the force will not allow them to sleep. Is a law. Don't play with God. 
Amen. If you are getting blessed, let me see your hand up. Hallelujah. That's why I said we need knowledge so that we can live right. Now, that's number nine. Number nine says if we give sacrificially, we connect to the blessings of God's unchanging law of seed time and harvest. Anytime I give, I know that I'm sowing a seed. In fact, to make it more powerful, attach a harvest to the seed. Eh? If you want to give, let's say some of you that want to give towards Calvary Way land projects, for example, you may say, God, this one million naira, I am emptying my account. I am attaching it to you know, my own land and house in the next one year. As I empty my account and give this one million naira, I want to see how in the next one, two years, my own house. Describe the house. This is the harvest. I'm sowing a seed. Seed time and what? Remember that he that soweth sparingly shall what? That's the word of God for you. Don't, don't doubt it. It's true. Amen. In that same second Corinthians, he confirmed it further when he said in verse 10, he said, now he that ministered seed to the sower is the same person that also ministered bread. For what? For, the fo- for your food. He will multiply the seed sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. That's Paul now. This the prosperity preacher Paul. <laughs> Preaching. Encouraging believers to be what? Givers. Amen. Now look at number 10. By giving sacrificially for God's work, we connect to God's, to Christ, Christ's principle of hundredfold blessings. Christ's principle of what? Hundredfold blessings. Let's read it from the Bible. This one is not story. Look at Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. In verse 28, Peter said, we left everything and followed you. Then in verse 29, he said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels. For the sake of Christ, and for the sake of the gospel of Christ, you left house. You left land. You know, land is one of the most valuable property that people value so much. Am I correct? When the Bible says Barnabas sold his land, it looks as if to read it, and Barnabas did what? Sold his land and brought the money to the group of angels, you know, in those days. No. Barnabas is like you that has land given to you by your father, the inheritance. He sold it and brought all the money and said, let the work of God continue. Barnabas is not a spirit. He's, an angel. He's a human being. He's not an angel. He sold land, brought all the money. It's a challenge. Our Christianity is not different from Barnabas' Christianity. Jesus said, those who will leave house or land for my sake and for the sake of the gospel 
for the sake of the gospel work. He said, what will they have? They will have what? Hundredfold. Now in this time. Is Jesus a liar? Except if you are an unbelieving believer. That is, you are a believer. But when you come to some certain things, you say, I don't believe this one. And you show it by your actions. Not just by your word, because anybody can say anything. It's only during action we know who is who. Am I correct? Even unbeliever can say, I believe the word of God. It's when your action will show your faith. Amen. So, if you give sacrificially for the work of God, it shows that you believe in the reality. Reality of what? Of hundredfold. Hundredfold uh, giving, uh, receiving. You know, there's a way God will return what you give, like this. You will begin to wonder. Wonder. Like, you know, as you are now, Mm-hmm. I know you desire the kind of thing that God is doing around my life. Like last year, you were there when somebody came and dropped a clean jeep. Didn't you like that kind of thing? Now, do you know that there is a prize somewhere? Do you know that the same year, at the beginning of the same year, January the same year, as I was receiving the salary, God said, the name of this month's salary is don't touch. One naira should not leave it. How will we feed? Trust me. Give and it shall be. The forces began to work. People we are calling and we are giving. Now, this same person that brought this jeep, you know what he said? He said, in January, God spoke to me and said, buy a car for Brochet. January, that's same January. He didn't know that I, I did this. But when I did, I gave. Do you understand the, the way the thing is working? That same January. That same January. He said that was when he began to plan towards it. And by December, it was accomplished. In Igbo, uh, Igbo language, they say, if we tell a poor man what the a price, what he will do for you to become a, a rich man, he will say, please, eh? <laughs> let me remain the way I am. When they ask you to give everything, give everything, will you, will you be able to do that? Will your heart, the way you are looking? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Number what now? Number 11 reason why we must give sacrificially for God's work. See, by giving sacrificially for God's work, we provoke God's special blessings upon us. We provoke God's special blessings. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, David has not started giving anything. He just sat down and called prophet Nathan and said, Nathan, how can I be dwelling in sealed houses, powerfully built with cedar of Lebanon, and the ark of God is dwelling in curtains? No, 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 it's not correct. I should build a house for the ark of the Lord. And then Nathan said, it's good, go and do what you have in heart to do. And then, in the night, the Bible said, God came to Nathan and said, go back to David. Tell David, though you have not built the tent, 
But because you have it in heart to build me a house, I, the Lord, I will build you a house. And not just that, I will establish your throne forever. Go to Israel now. The prime minister is a descendant of David. Go now. In the next, as far as the earth remains, if you are not from the lineage of David, you cannot smell Asorok for their own Asorok. Forever! He, by, just by desire, by having, because God counts it done. The moment your heart is there. Amen. The moment your heart is there. The moment you desire it. Hallelujah. So, by giving sacrificial for God's work, we provoke his special blessing. David provoked God's blessings. In fact, when God finished promising him those things, the Bible said he went in and sat down before God. And said, who am I? What is my house that you have promised to do this kind of thing to me? May God open somebody's eyes today in the name of Jesus. May darkness fall off your eyes so that the devil will lose ground of manipulating your giving from today in Jesus' name. The same thing happened to Abraham. You need to read about Abraham. The moment Abraham eh, was about to sacrifice Isaac and God said, is enough. You know what God said? The Bible says the angel of God came back the second time. After the first time, he came back and said, I didn't finish saying what I'm saying the first time. He came back the second time and said, Abraham, by myself, I have sworn. Does he need to swear? He doesn't need to swear. His word is yes and amen. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. How, does, how will God swear? His word is enough. But... He, the thing moved him. He doesn't know what else to say. He said, if you can, he said, because you have done this, listen! Are you listening? There are things we get by general favor. There are things we get from God because you have done this. Are you, do you know God? I'm showing you God. He said to Abraham, because you have done this particular thing, is somebody getting me at all? There is something that you need to do. And God will say, because you have done this. He said, in blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply you. So that every nation of the earth shall be... Oh my, he began to speak again and again, again and again. What is provoking this kind of blessing? Sacrificial giving. When you give sacrificially, you provoke God. You steer God. You will move God. You know, that brother said, God said, from today, from today, mark today. When God is telling you to mark today, just mind the way change go. The dance has changed. That's why I'm challenging you. Give sacrificially for the work of God. When you give, is a law. As it happened to Abraham, so it will happen to you. God will say, you like this, because you have given such amount of money and there is nothing remaining. That's what Abraham did. Say, in blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply you. Amen. So, when you give like that, you provoke special blessings from God. 
That's why, listen, listen, are you listening? When you read the book of Matthew chapter 1 verse 1, you will see where the Bible said, this is the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Are you seeing how, how people are being jumped? Eh? <laughs> this, these are the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of what? These are sacrificial givers. Go and read how much David gave in preparation for the building of the house. He said, God, since you say I will not build a house, let me provide everything I can provide that will be used to build a house. God said, this man, you will be an everlasting name. Abraham, you will be an everlasting name. You carve out for yourself a space in the agenda of God by sacrificial giving. You make a provision for your name. You create a space for you. For, your, for you alone. In that, they call it nick. Nick, you create a nick for yourself when you give sacrificially. Amen. Are you still there? I say amen. amen. Now number 12. By giving sacrificially to God's work, we cooperate with God in advancing his kingdom in his own time. In his own time. Not our own time. Please listen. Listen carefully. Here. The reason God provides for us is so that we can have resources to give to his work. When the children of Israel were leaving Egypt, in Exodus uh, 11, 2-3, and chapter 12, 35-36, God said to the children of Israel, I, I studied that passage carefully. I studied it well. You know what he said? He said to Moses, say to the children of Israel, let each man beg his neighbor for silver, gold, apparel. I, the Lord, I will give you people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And the Bible said, when they were living, they asked their neighbors. And the Bible recorded, they plundered Egypt. They spoiled Egypt. That is to say, every morning, Guys, they were as if under manipulation. The moment you open your bank and say, give me, the person will go to his bank account, empty everything he has, all the silver and gold, and give to you. There was no single gold or silver remaining in Egypt. They carried everything and gave to the Israelites. God said, I will give them, give you people favor in their sight. Now, why did he give them that? He gave them that because they are going to build a tabernacle for him in the wilderness. So when he came to chapter 20. Five of Exodus, he said to Moses, tell the children of Israel to bring an offering to me. Gold for the things of gold. Silver for the things of silver. So that you will use that to build a tabernacle for me. So God is not going to go back to Egypt and ask them to get money for, for, for building his own project. When God is providing for you a brother and your business started booming and boosting, or your, 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 your salary increase. It, it, there is a purpose. Oh. There is a purpose. And it's always timely. Somebody say timely. Don't ever make that mistake. It's timely. God is making that provision because he wants something to be done in his kingdom. Because there's no other way that work will be done. Now, if we say we are going to do CLDR in 10th of May this year. And then we need to pay for the land. Build hostels, build halls. Where that will happen? Let me tell you something. 
God has provided that money in our pockets. If you want to know whether it is true, let every member of this team reveal, you know what they call um, um, when you want to declaration of assets in government. When you, you, are, you become a government official, they say declare your assets. Let every member of this team declare their assets. I'm telling you the truth. You will discover that more than enough has been provided for Tent of Mercy Project. But when you don't understand the reason why you suddenly became a millionaire in one year, you suddenly rise from one million to hundreds of millions, you don't understand why. You will begin to feel that maybe there is something else and all of that. Some people will start buying land here and there. I remember one brother. They were lamenting. They said, this brother, he got a job in LNG. You know, and he's not giving When they call him for fellowship, alumni something, give something, he will give peanuts. Then the next thing you are going to hear is that he has bought uh, how many plots of land at Abuja? He's building at Portacot. He's be- for who are you? For who? Treasures on the earth. When you die, you go with nothing. Naked you come into this world. Naked shall you go. Who will have those things that you are providing for? That was the question that was asked to the rich fool. Tonight, your soul is required from you. All those things you are storing and providing for, who will have it? You don't know the reason why God is expanding you. Thou shalt not, thou shalt remember the Lord your God, for it is he that giveth you that power, that opportunity, that wisdom to make wealth. For what reason? For you to become a, a, a businessman, increasing and all of that. When the work of God is suffering loss, declare your assets. Let us know what each person wants. You will know that we have more than enough. We don't need, you know, some, when I was following the prayers of the special project committee people, I see them praying and say, God, touch somebody outside Calvary Way to give for their land. I say, lie, lie. If I were God, I will not stress myself to go outside Calvary Way and touch somebody. I will not do that. I will go to Calvary Way and not just touch, I will boot people. <laughs> I will boot them. I will wake you up in the middle of the night and re- remove sleep from your eyes. For three days, you, you will not sleep and then you will go, go and, and give something for the work of God. Who gave you that? And many of us, we carry our money. And look at how MMM and, you know, all this here, crypto and all of that are crippling us. Somebody was telling me that he was crying and crying because his money went. I said, oh, see, I don't, I don't want to tell you what is discouraging. I just tell him, in the oh, you know, but if I'm to talk to you well, I will ask you to shake, shake, shake the kingdom, shake your advancement. Somebody said they cleared his account. I said, is he, is he paying tight? Let's, let, let's even start with tightening. Is he paying tight at all? Are you paying tight at all? God is a, is a God of justice. He cannot say something and will not do it. He's, he's a God of integrity. Hallelujah. So, when they did not understand the purpose of that wealth, Aaron said, bring your earrings, let me make a god. They made a god from the gold they collected from Egypt. That's what people are doing. The money that God gave you for the building of the tabernacle, you are using it to build a personal idol. And you are saying to the idol, this is the god that brought you from Egypt, trusting in uncertain riches than in God. This is exactly what we are practicing in the New Testament. That God will deliver somebody today in the name of Jesus Christ. Finally, on this, this particular number 12, 
God has specific time that his work shall be done. I will not fail to read Haggai chapter 1. Go to Haggai chapter 1. Haggai chapter 1 from verse 2. Haggai is before Zechariah and Zechariah is before Malachi in the Old Testament. Okay, Haggai chapter 1, sorry, from verse 2. Are you there? Are you there now? Okay, let's just follow me. Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, These people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Now, therefore, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drinks. You clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Seven. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house. And I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, says the Lord. You look for much, and lo, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Stop praying, fall and die, and binding Satan. It is I, the Lord, that is troubling you. Eh? Why? Because of my house, that is waste. And you run every man to his own house. Therefore, the heaven will be locked over you. There will be no dew. The earth will be stayed from her fruit. I will call for farmer, I know. More, more are coming upon the land, upon the mountains, upon the corn, upon the new wine, upon the oil, upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, upon cattle, and upon all the labors of the hand. Are you seeing God saying here? Eh? God said, stop saying all the demons that are fighting my finances fall and die by fire. Stop saying that. God said, I, the Lord, am the one that is responsible. And I'm doing it because you have refused at the right time. When I say it is time, you say it is not yet time. Eh? You say it is not yet time for us to build the house of the Lord. For us to have our own uh, uh, meeting place. For us to have our own buses. For us to have things that will help us to advance the kingdom in this end time. Excuse me, COVID has not even taught some people lesson. Even in the midst of COVID, some are still investing in crypto. We didn't even know until crypto was locked. We didn't know that some brethren entered MMM. I mean disciples until MMM crashed. It's not time. The Bible talked about the children of Issachar. That these are men that have understanding of what? The time. To know what Israel ought to do now. Please, I'm not against investment. I am not against investment or savings. The only thing I'm preaching is Bible. I'm preaching Bible because my Lord Jesus said, even if you are to save or to invest, don't save for yourself. Don't invest for yourself on the earth. So if you want to, somebody gave us a boss, claim boss recently, missionary boss. That boss started work last Sunday and was filled up. It's not enough to carry people and to take them back. Now, this person that God used to give us a boss, do you think that, you know, a, 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 over a million naira that 
he used to buy the bus was gotten in one salary. Was he in one salary? He must have saved. So when he was saving for that bus, was he saving, laying up treasure for himself on the earth? Are you getting what I'm talking about now? Saving is allowed if it's going to be for the kingdom advancement. Investment is allowed if it's going to be for the kingdom. What are you even living for? The Bible said he died for us. That those of all who live should no longer live for ourselves. No longer live to please ourselves, but to please him who died for us and rose again from the dead. Hallelujah. Are you still following me? Or are you becoming angry? <laughs> Hallelujah. The Lord is planning to bless his people. That's why he's speaking like this. Amen. Mordecai said to Esther, Esther, as you are in the palace, enjoying yourself, don't think that you are going to escape. If you don't rise up at this time to do something, the date has been fixed. And I'm going to tell us that the date has been fixed already. God spoke to us. No wonder CLDR did not hold last year. That the next CLDR must be held in tent of mercy. It has been spoken. The date has been fixed. God has said it and God meant it. And Mordecai was warning Esther. Do not think that as you are in the palace, relax. That is going to be like that. If you don't rise up using this opportunity, somebody say opportunity. There is financial opportunity that God has given you. I may not know about it because you don't want to tell me. You are hiding it from me. You come and submit. Um, I submit my life to you as my disciple. I submit my Bible reading life. I submit my quiet time. I, but I, I, I don't want to submit the amount I have in my bank account. I don't know. Don't even come to submit after now. Don't tell me. No problem. But the truth is that it is an opportunity. Mordecai was telling him, don't ever misuse this opportunity because if you try it, salvation will arise for, for the Jews from other quarters. But you yourself, you will not be safe in the, in, in the palace. He said, but for who will tell if not for such a time like this that God has given you this opportunity? Brothers and sisters, there is something that God wants to do very quick in this time. And that is why your bank account suddenly rose up. It's not because you are wise. I'm warning you. It's not because you are smart. Some of us, you are earning 10000 before. Suddenly, you are earning 90000 naira. It's not because you are smart. Let me not say, you know, if you don't understand, you start saying, you go and hear to yourself. This money is not enough. What about when you are earning 10000 Something happened to several accounts in Calvary Way because this season is a season of divine, you know, enlargement. Kingdom of God has to advance by force. For from the day of John the Baptist until today, the kingdom of God suffered violence. And the violence does what? Take it by force. I want to summarize by showing us one or two things on the practical ways we are going to be given sacrificially for God's work. Whenever God wants a work to be done, he normally communicates it to the leader whom he has appointed and through him, he will ask the people to give. We have three examples on this. Moses in the Old Testament. In Exodus 25, 1 to 9, 
God spoke to Moses and said, Tell the children of Israel to bring an offering unto me. In chapter 35, 4 to 12, they brought offering that was more than enough. In fact, in verse, verses 20 to 29 of chapter 30, 35, they told them, What you have brought is more than enough. Stop bringing. Stop bringing. So, showing you that everything God will do with them in that time has been provided. Again, David, in First Chronicle 29, 1-17, the Bible says he gave. After he, he finished giving, I think you need to read that scripture quickly. Because of time, let me just touch one or two things on that scripture which we have not read before. He gave, after he giving, he called for the leaders to give. Chapter 29, verse 1. Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom alone God has chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great, for the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. Now, I have prepared with all my might, somebody say with all my might, for the house of my God, the gold for things to be made of gold, and the silver for things of silver, and the brass for things of brass, the iron for things of iron, and wood for things of wood, onyx stones and stones to be set, glistening stones and of diverse colors, and all manner of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. Moreover, let's read verse 3 together. I want to go. Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, because I have what? I have set my love to the house of my God. May your love be for the house of your God. He said, because of that, I have on my own prepared gold, silver, I have given to the house of my God over and above all. Over and above all. Over. He gave over. He gave above all that I have prepared for the holy house. Even 3,000 talents of gold, of the gold of offer, not on any other kind of gold, the best of gold. And 7,000 talents of refined silver, not ordinary silver, to overlay the walls of the house with that. Gold for things of gold, silver for things of silver, and all manner of work to be made by the hands of artificers. And who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? He now made a call. He said, I have given. This is the way sacrificial giving is done. That's why very soon I will announce to you what me and my family has God has asked us to do concerning this project. When the leader, you know, gives, he will now call on the people. Oh yeah, everybody, it's time for you to give. Amen. Now, somebody interpreted these 3,000 talents of gold or offer as 3 trillion. When you translate it to, you know, current naira and dollar, it is in trillions. What David gave in those days. For the house of God. Verse 6. Then the chief of the fathers and the princes of the tribe of Israel and the captains of thousands and of hundreds with the rulers of the king's work offered how? Willingly. And gave for the service of the house of God of gold, 5,000 talents and so on and so forth. Verse 9. Then the people rejoice. Anytime you give to God, the next thing that happens to you is joy. Joy will fill your heart because you know you have done the right thing. 
They rejoiced, for that day they offered willingly, because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. Tell your neighbor, we shall soon rejoice. Because me and you will offer willingly for the work of the Lord. That's how it is done. Whenever the time comes, there will be a giving. The leader, leader will give and then the rest follows. The number three person, I say we are considering three people, is Paul. Paul in Second Corinthians chapter 9, go back to that scripture, he gave he, and instructed the people to give. Second Corinthians chapter 9. I've read it before, but I want to pick one or two principles from there. Now look at verse 7. He said, okay, verse 6, we have read it before. He said, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he proposed in his house, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves what? A cheerful giver. Please, there are a few things I want to say from that verse. The first thing is every man. Somebody say every man. If you are a man, if you are not a spirit, and you are in this team, you must be part of this sacrificial giving. That is the principle. The principle is the principle of what? Every man. Not some people giving, or some of us saying, eh, I don't have. You don't have, but you are eating food every day. Eh? Well, we know that you don't have is that when you got sick and they say, what is the problem for you? The problem is say, you are sick because you don't have food to eat and hunger causes sickness. I, I, I enjoy myself so much when I see some young people, students, giving 500 naira in uh, accounts, our accounts sometimes. I say, this is 200 naira. And when you know the person that is giving, you know that this is exactly what is like the widow's might. Every man Somebody say it three times. Every man, every man, every man. Say, I am a man. Whether you are a woman or not, that's not the issue. The issue here, that man is generic. Every man, according as he proposed in his what? In his heart. So let him give. Please listen carefully here. Sometimes you look at somebody and say, eh, by the time this person will give, this person will give, this person will give. You'll be doing empty calculation. Stop it. When you propose what to give in your heart, give it! Stop calculating and looking at uh, if this person has given, the money would have been enough. Every man should give according to what he has proposed we are in his heart. And that proposing, of course, the Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God are what? Are sons of God. Amen. He said, give not grudgingly, but what? Willingly. Not of a necessity. It's not by force. It's not by force. We are only teaching to show you the need. If after the teaching you don't want to give, no problem. It's by willingness. The Bible says they gave willingly and they were filled with joy. Somebody is giving willingly and he will be filled with joy in the name of Jesus Christ. And he said God loves what? A cheerful giver. Not a grudgingly giver. And he said Verse 8 is powerful. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Hallelujah. I want to round up this message by beginning to bring, by start bringing challenges to us. 
challenges of what God is expecting us to do with the you know work of God that is before us. There is a work that God has given us to do. And if you are a part of this team called Calvary Way Revival Lepers, you must make sure that you are following in this work. So that when God is going to reward us, the God of justice, both in time and in eternity, you will be rewarded. What are, what are the challenges? God spoke to me when he was asking me to give this message. He said, you cannot give this message to people if you don't empty your account. I told my wife, whatever we have in the account is going to be emptied now for the sake of God. We want to practice the Bible. The Bible says, forsake your all. So that is the first challenge. The first challenge came to me, came to me, you know, and when I was, of course, you see, let me tell you, there are times we, there are times we hear God. You don't need to say, is it God I'm hearing? You, if you say it, you are, you are deceiving yourself. I can't deceive myself. I heard him. And when I told my wife, such a precious woman, she said that she has been thinking about it too. That we, that, that is the leader. We, we, you know, let me tell you something. If this land we are talking about now eh, is to be Calvary Way Estate, you know the way, the way people build estate, and they say we are selling plot by plot. When you buy a plot or two plots or three plots, it becomes your own. You build anything in the land. In the next, eh, eh, you, you, you can sell it, you can use it. What do you think will have, happen to Calvary Way members? That is when you know that people have money. God was showing me some of these things. He said, do you know that this is our not another home. You and I. Do you know how many times you will come to this place for retreat? You will spend two days, three days. Is it not a home? Is it not a place, part of your life? Why will somebody be asking? Uh, buy a plot there. Both you, your family members, your relations, your, your friends. is a place of salvation. It's a Jerusalem. Buy plots. At least I thank God that God helped us. That all we have was able to buy a plot. <laughs> I'm speaking in parables. At least, when you divide a plot, there is 500,000 naira. At least, I, I'm happy. I said, so when you want to give, ask yourself, am I giving half plot? Or am I giving one quarter? Do something. You can do it. This is the time. It's for a, such a time like this. We're not even talking about paying for land. We're talking about building so that by November, all of us will go gloriously to that land and experience God in our Jerusalem. Somebody shout amen for that. Amen. I'm talking about the loudest amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. That's the first challenge. Somebody say challenge number one. Challenge number two. You know, when government want to build market, market, eh? you know how they build market? They just bring out a land and say this land is for market. If you want to have a shop in the market, come and buy a space and build your shop. I hope you know that. What happens to people? They will begin to go there to, to buy and build. Why are we doing that? You know, this thing has come before during the message. He said, when you are investing into MMM, that will soon collect your money and you will start crying. You will not be crying as you are investing. You will cry later. But when you are giving God, something is making you to cry. Why are you crying? Because your eyes are blocked. You don't know that this is the best investment you can ever make. This is the best because it has a promise of coming back in this life and in the life to come. 
May Christians be wise in the name of Jesus. Then, challenge number three, which is the last challenge. And I would like us to read it. We have quoted it, but let's read it. What Mordecai told Esther. Brothers and sisters, we need to pray. We need to pray this evening and say to God, help me that this word will not condemn me on the last day. I want to be a doer. Look at Esther chapter 4, verse 13. Esther was still doing in Yanga in the palace. And Mordecai said, verse 13, Esther 4, then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther. Somebody say commanded. I give command to all my Esthers in Calvary way. I command all of you, think not that with yourself, that thou shalt escape in the king's house with the opportunity you have so far, more than all the Jews. For if you all together hold your peace at this time, if after all this message and all this call, some of us, you have heard the announcement in the Calvary Way WhatsApp group, you see 120 giver, they, they say they gave 10,000, 120 giver, you are reading. Your own is, um, uh, what did they call it again in WhatsApp group? Uh, Readers Association of Group, uh, WhatsApp group, RAG. Eh? You are the members of that club. You will keep reading how one fifteen persons give. One, where is your own? Is, are you in the number? You can't keep hold your peace at a time like this. No. He said, then shall enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. It's not a cause, it's a challenge. Somebody say, this is a challenge. Mordecai is challenging Esther. I'm not insulting you. This message is not meant to bring you down. It's not meant to discourage you. It's meant to challenge you. That's what God is doing. To challenge us to rise up. And he said, and who knoweth, Onyema, who knows whether thou hast come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Who knows that it is because of this project, it's because of what God is doing now, that you just suddenly become what you became in finance and other things? Who knows? I think it's true. Brothers and sisters, can we rise on our feet and pray and say to God, I will not hold my peace. In a time like this. Such a time like this. I will do something. I will do something. We sing that God is the maker of heaven and earth. We sing that God is the um, maker of heaven and earth. And that there is nothing he cannot do. But we forget that God walks through men. We forgot that God is handicapped. When his people are not ready to cooperate with him. Can you say Lord. Thank you for opening my eyes this evening. I'm going to cooperate with you in responding in a time like this to what you have taught me today. Malebo Shanda, Zende Kandola Bashanda, Lanto Kante, Zende Kandola Bashanda, Malanto Kandelebo Sandit, Renda Leba Santo Kanda, La Raba Sondo Kandelebo Sondo. Render, zende. Can you respond in a specific way? I told us at the beginning that this particular message is specifically for Calvary Way revival levels, but it can also bless the body of Christ. But we that are here, 
We know what God has given us as an assignment. We know the, the challenge God has placed before us now. He knows that we are able. Can you pray and say, God, help me. I want to be part of what you are doing. I don't want to be, you know, such a person. Esther, when Mordecai finished challenging Esther, Esther rose up. She said, go and fast for me. I'm going to arise and we break protocol. He said, if I perish, I perish. Esther put his life on the line. Esther put her life on the line. Will you put your bank account on the line? And say, if I perish, I perish. Will you put your business account on the line? And say, if this business perish, let it perish. But the people of God, the work of God, will not suffer loss. Yes, there are things you don't touch. But there are things that will be touched when the Almighty God arises. When Mordecai challenges Esther, Esther broke protocol. I know that as a businessman, they have taught you not to touch your capital. But when the word of God came to Esther, Esther arose and touched her life. Not just her capital. Can you say to God, I am rising. Esther said, if I perish, I perish. Esther rose up. When Mordecai finished challenging her, she rose up. Labor Shanda. I see brothers rising up. I see sisters rising up. Saying, the work of God will not suffer loss in our time. We will not keep delaying the work of God. Keep postponing it while we are dwelling in our sealed houses. Keep thinking that we are going to prosper. We are going to... God said, it's not the devil. I'm the one that is scattering it. Because you have abandoned my work. You have abandoned my work. Brothers, God is reliable. Sisters, God is reliable. God is more reliable than MMM. He's more reliable than networking business. He's more reliable than cryptocurrency. He's more reliable. The work of God has promise for both now and the things to come. God is not against business. He's not against investment. He's not against savings. He's only saying you must live for the kingdom. I gave my all for you. I died for you. Why will you be reserving for yourself? Ananias and Sapphira, they died because they were reserving for themselves. Barnabas gave all. Will you be the Barnabas of our time? Will you sell your land, the valuable property, and say, let the work of God continue? It will not end with me. It will not stop in my time. Land is a capital. Barnabas sold capital. Businessmen in our midst, will you, will you jeopardize capital? Let the kingdom of God be advanced. Let land be gotten for him. Let buildings rise. Let buses be bought. Let evangelism be smooth. Let equipment be provided. Let the ministers be fed. Will you say to God, the work of God must not suffer in my hand. God can do all things. The Bible says he's able to make all grace abound towards you. But you need to rise and do something. Ramashando Kanda. Me and my family, we have decided our account must go empty this season. What about you? Is a challenge. We want to challenge, you know, the, 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 the justice of God. We want to challenge the righteousness of God. We want to challenge the judgment of God. We want to see how he that has promised we fail. He cannot fail. He's a faithful God. He's the maker of heaven and earth. There is nothing he cannot do. Malebo shandarabasanda. Rando kanda. Rabasondo kandelebo shanda. Take a decision tonight. You cannot pray and hug it in the air. 
you must take a decision. How much is leaving that account to support the work of God? Sacrificial giving for God's work. How much is leaving your, your, your bank account? How much is leaving you for this work, for this challenge before us? We will gather together gloriously at 10th of mercy in November and we will sing praises unto our God. We will worship him because the Lord has done it. It is done. Sacrificial giving. Not generous giving. Sacrificial giving. Not generous giving. You can even vow to God and say, God, I don't have. But if you provide for me, so and so amount of money, I, I vow to give it to you. Can you vow? Some of you that say, I don't have. You can vow. Vow is allowed. He say, if you provide so and so amount of money, if my business yields so and so increase, I'm transferring it to the account of this project that the work of God will progress and not retrogress. Can you take a decision, specific decision of the specific amount? Maybe as you go home, the Bible says every man should give according as he has proposed in his heart. What have you proposed in your heart? What have you proposed in your heart? Me and my family, we have proposed in our heart that we are emptying the account. What about you? This is a challenge. We cannot be in a time like this and hold our peace. No more, no more, no more. We are rising up because the kingdom will advance. Do you know how long this world will still last? Do you know how long this world will still last? What are you reserving it for? Give it to God. In the grave, you will not go with it. Give it to God. In the grave, you will not go with it. Let this word of God challenge you to do something extraordinary. David did it in his own time. Moses and Israelites did it. Paul and, and Co did it. What are you waiting for? I will do it in my own time. The kingdom must advance. The kingdom of God must advance in my time. I will stand up for him. I will stand up for him. Whatever the cost, whatever the cost, I will rise to advance the kingdom of Christ in my time. This is our time. Let us sense God 
of God rise in the arms of his strength to preach and to pray to oppose and to stay whatever that stops the kingdom of Christ from advancing with speed in our time. One thing that stops the kingdom from advancing with speed in our time is stinginess, lack of sacrificial giving towards the work of God. It must be stopped to be fit to advance the kingdom of Christ. Love him above money. Trust him more than money. Put your trust in the living God, not in uncertain riches. God is more, more reliable. He has more integrity than that one in your hand. Show to God that you, you believe in him, you trust him in him more than that money. Show him, show him, and he will, he will rise up. He said to Abraham, by myself I have sworn, because of your sacrificial giving, that in blessing I will bless you. I have sworn. I challenge you to make God, to provoke God to swear on your behalf. Yes, deny yourself. Take up your cross. Get ready to give, to labor for him. Lay down your life. Say no to your will. Say yes to his will. God is faithful. He's ready to bless. He's mighty in blessing. Those that sacrificially give to him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You are God. You are the maker of heaven and earth. There is nothing you cannot do. You are God forevermore. One more time. You are God. You are the maker of heaven and earth. There is nothing you cannot do. You are God forevermore. If you know you have decided that you will not hold your peace in a time like this, that you are going to be part of this sacrificial giving for God's work in Calvary where revival levels, especially as it pertains to Tent of Mercy land and building projects for retreats and trainings in this end time for the revival that God is already set to bring. I would like to pray for you. Wherever you are, raise up your right hand and place your left hand on your heart as I pray for you. Raise up your right hand and place your left hand on your heart and receive this prayer. Father, thank you for as many that has heard your word. One thing I ask is that every Calvary Way member, both old and new, you will cause them to listen attentively to this message that came from you directly. And not just that we will listen, but that we will be doers of your word in the name of Jesus Christ. And particularly those of us who are responding now to this prayer and those that will hear it later and respond to it, may this word come with grace that will enable us to respond appropriately to it. May we be doers of it. May we rise to the challenge in a time like this and give sacrificially for your work in our hand. In the name of Jesus Christ. In agreement with 
we re-echo it again. That Christian's leadership and discipleship retreats will be held powerfully at 10th of Mercy, Enugu, this November. Nothing will stop or hinder it. We will not be stingy. We will be sacrificial. And this is already done. In the name of Jesus! The obstacles are removed. The limitations are taken away. Now we fly. Now we fly. We give sacrificially. Tent of mercy. Tent of mercy. A place where men will come and receive mercy. A place where generation will receive mercy. God is releasing mercy in November this year at the tenth of mercy. Nothing will stop the mercy. Mercy is coming upon somebody in November this year at the tenth of mercy. Lebo Shanda, Suma Kunda Rabashaka, tenth of mercy. Mercy is coming upon a life at the tenth of mercy by November 2021. Lebo Shanda Rabashaka. Robo Shanda Rabaseke. Lendele Bo Shanda. And there is great fashion of heart. There is mighty response to the word of God among the people of God. Mighty response to the word of God among the people of God. Rabashendele Bo Shanda. Shanda. Malando Kanda. Lendele Bo Shanda. Shanda. Rando kanda rabashande lendelebo shanda hallelujah thank you jesus hallelujah hallelujah thank you jesus in jesus mighty name we pray amen father thank you can you just wave your two hands now and say father thank you thank you for the visit Thank you for your word. Thank you for coming to us in a time like this. Of a truth, you want to use us in this end time. For mighty works, we are grateful. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for the angels that attended this meeting. 
I heard angels came for this meeting. Father, thank you for releasing them. They will be with us and they will move to cause men to obey this teaching. They will command men in the day, in the night, in the dream, in the physical, in trances to obey this teaching. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. If you believe in that prayer, say a better amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust you are blessed by God's word. This message and many more can be downloaded from our website www.calvaryonline.org For testimonies, counseling and prayers, you can send an email to calvaryrevivallabels at gmail.com or call 080-6560-7999 You could also follow us on all our social media platforms at Calvary Revival Labels.